Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. So I'm kind of dealing with a, a sick kid at home, and I didn't wasn't paying ten, attention to the time. I get a, a text from uh, Hammer. And the t- text quite simply just said, hey, Tucker's going through the January 6th stuff tonight. <laughs> and my response was, oh, F yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Times uh, have changed when you get older. Like, if I were I to text you 20 years ago, <laughs> we're going out drinking tonight. The double-jointed cheerleaders are here. <laughs> F yeah. And now Tucker's got the January 6th stuff. <laughs> F yeah. Well, he's had it for a while. Kevin McCarthy, uh, Speaker of the House, gave him a bunch of footage that has previously been unreleased and not seen, at least by the general public. I'm sure the January 6th committee saw all that footage but decided uh, that some of the footage really kind of diminished their narrative of an insurrection. And so, I mean, you can start with the QAnon shaman, the Chewbacca guy, as we like to call him. Chewbacca, the Viking, the shaman, he, whatever the, you want to call he him. He looked more like he was taking a tour of the White House than he was a terrorist or an insurrectionist. There were uh, police officers escorting him around, like showing him around. It was like Will Ferrell at the Pacers game last <laughs> night. Here, let's take yeah. you into the locker room. <laughs> and so, And so we didn't see any of that footage. We just saw the footage of him yelling and screaming. And, and by the way, the guy, whatever his guy's real name is, I don't know what his real name is, uh, but he does look like he has some problems mentally but that's not the point i'm wondering if this guy's lawyers were shown this footage before he was sentenced to jail because he pled or prison yeah he pled guilty but i'm wondering would he have pled guilty if he had seen that information if this information would have been presented to his legal team so if you missed it last night i'm going to make this as easy as possible here is what tucker carlson did he was able to obtain some video handed to him from Kevin McCarthy, the new House uh, Speaker. And Tucker and his staff had about two to three weeks to look at it. And what we found out last night, and he showed video by video, frame by frame, that, number one, Brian Sicknick, this was the Capitol Police officer who the media told us was beaten to death by bloodthirsty Trump supporters, was actually kind of walking around after he allegedly took these major shots to the head yeah. that would ultimately kill him. He seemed to be fine walking around. The next day, according to the cause of death and the coroner, he died of natural causes, might have been a stroke. But he was not beaten to death by bloodthirsty Trump supporters. We also learned last night, as Nigel mentioned, the Viking guy, just kind of being escorted around, uh, didn't seem like there was any sense of urgency. Remember when the narrative was that Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, he was the one that was kind of giving the fist up to the protesters, but then an isolated video clip came out that made it look like he was running for the hills, man. He was scared to death. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not really what happened. The full video shows that the Capitol Police Department told all the folks inside of Congress, hey, get out, get out now. And there's a bunch of people like running to the exit. Yeah, it wasn't just him. And Josh Hawley was one of them. Uh, it showed how the producers of this 
prime time January 6th committee, put in some inflated audio to make it sound like the crowd was louder. Or as we call that, pulling an Indianapolis Colts. I was, say, I was just thinking that same thing. The Colts and who are they playing? The Steelers? And they got accused of uh, pumping in additional crowd noise to make it even louder? Right, right. <laughs> pulling an Indianapolis Colts. Uh, last night, Tucker Carlson's video showed that Ray Epps, controversial Ray Epps, he lied to the January 6th committee about the timeline. Looking at the time that he sent some text messages out to when he left, he lied to the committee. That was the guy that was trying to, quote, unquote, fire up the crowd and incite uh, incite violence and a riot. And some people think he was part of, uh, you know. Uh, he was a plant. Uh, yes, exactly. And also the January 6th committee lied about Republican Representative Barry Loudermilk because they said that he was giving the rioters a recon tour the day before on January 5th. Oh, we've so got dumb. this video of him showing some of the rioters around. No, that's not the case at all. It was some constituents from his hometown, including children, and they were like taking pictures and doing basically a tour. So these were all the things that Tucker showed on video and walked people through last night. A lot of the footage you we're not allowed to see, and the January 6th committee chose deliberately not to use. And it just it further confirmed to me what I kind of already knew in the first place, that the January 6th committee is a bunch of BS. Pelosi blocked any Republicans from um, coming in and, and cross-examination and, and things like that. And, and it wasn't an insurrection. It wasn't anything more. I, there was violence, of course, and people deserve to go to jail if there was violence. Police officers recovering from injuries. Yes, those people deserve to be in jail. But, I mean, again, going back to, I mean, just one example is the Chewbacca guy. If his lawyers had had that footage of the police officers giving him a guided tour, a calm and reason, like most, like honestly, most of the footage is just, it's people, I think the cops did an interesting thing. They they let him in to the Capitol, which kind of, you know, dissolved a, a lot of the uh, intensity uh, around it. They let him in. It looked like he was waving through traffic. Yep, come on in. Stay within the velvet robes. And people were taking a tour. I... Was it ugly? Yes, there was some ugliness, but people deserve to be in jail. But I do not think this was anywhere close to being an insurrection. I, I would say uh, rioters trying to break into po police precincts and federal buildings in 2020 all across this country. That's an insurrection. So you mean to tell me Kamala Harris comparing the, to January Comparing January 6th to 9-11 yeah. and to Pearl Harbor was that's, a little bit over the top? It's disgusting is what it is. <laughs> you know Tucker Carlson touched on something last night because of the reaction you saw from the left today. This is crying Chuck Schumer. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. That's not what he did. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today.
I say it's not. I, I say it wasn't an insurrection, but I don't. I, I, it was violent. There was some violence there. And Tucker said yeah. that as much last night. He said there was some violence, but to call it an insurrection is a stretch. Here's a little bit more from Chuck Schumer. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. <laughs> Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. <laughs> And Speaker McCarthy is every bit as culpable. Tucker Carlson, Chuck Schumer <laughs> says that Fox should not air any more of your content. Your thoughts? How about news? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is a pretty bizarre statement from the senator. You have politicians, people in power telling uh, the free press what they can and cannot do and say. And CBS this morning, they were in meltdown mode basically saying that everybody at the Capitol was a rioter. They were trying to dethrone democracy. This is the same CBS that employs Nora O'Donnell, who sat there with a straight face yeah. and looked into the camera and said that the riots of 2020 were mostly peaceful, but caused $2 billion worth of damage. This is the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. Canine Veterans Day is coming up, and right now we've got Canine Officer Kyle Schaefer of the Hendricks County Sheriff's Department joining us. Officer, how are you? I'm doing good, sirs. How are you guys? We're doing great. Now, this event coming up on Saturday, March 11th, at the Hotel Tango Distillery. Uh, yeah, that's on that's on Zinesville. That's right down the road from me. That's your neck of the yeah, woods there, yeah, Nige. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 4 to 7 p.m. Tell us about Canine Veterans Day. Canine Veterans Day was started. Uh, well, it, it commemorates and honors canine uh, veterans throughout the country. Uh, March 13th is a significant date in that the uh, Canine Corps was create, created on March 13th, 1942. Uh, so that uh, is the reason for the date. Uh, we have it on Saturday because, you know, Monday, nobody wants to go out and drink. So <laughs> we're going to do it on Saturday to see if we can to get some more people to, you know, enjoy themselves and maybe loosen up their wallets and support our organization. So, but we honor these canine veterans. They, they do so much for us in law enforcement and military. We wanted to do something to honor these uh, canines uh, and show our support uh, for law enforcement and the canine community in central Indiana. And there's going to be a lot of stuff going on at this uh, event on Saturday at the Hotel Tango Distillery. Obviously, there'll be some beverages. Uh, there's raffles, all types of different things going on. And where does some of the money that's being raised at this event go to? Yeah, so Canine Association, uh, we have three main missions or goals. Uh, the first is the Shadow Fund. Uh, so a lot of times when these dogs retire, the handlers will keep them keep the dogs, and they retire because of medical issues typically. Uh, so and those medical costs are quite expensive. So uh, the Shadow Fund is out there to support. It's a medical grant program for handlers and their retired dogs for military and law enforcement. Uh, that you know if they need some financial assistance. We want to make sure these dogs are taken care of uh, in their retirement and, you know, live their fullest life that they can in retirement. They, they spend so much time and working for us. It's the least we can do is to maybe just make their retirement a little bit better for these handlers and not, not a financial burden on their on their families. We spend so much time with these dogs, it, I mean, the, like our kids. 
So yeah. it's amazing what these dogs can do and how much how the bond that we spend to them. So if we can help these handlers and these dogs in retirement, I mean, that's what we're here for. The second, we have a training program to where we uh, facilitate training in central Indiana. We don't actually do the training, but, you know, we facilitate training throughout the year, uh, several training events coming up starting in April. But we make it as affordable. It, we try to do it for free, but if we can do it free or at a very inexpensive cost to these handlers, um, there's a need in Central Indiana for training. So that just increases their professionalism professionalism, and uh, their accuracy and the things that they do out there. And then the third goal, we want to create a training, permanent training site, and that's a long-term goal. So three things right there that people can yeah. come out and support. And if they want to, you know, specifically assist in one area we'd love to have anything and everything you know all is welcome please come out you know these dogs everybody loves dogs so it it really bridges the gap between the public and law enforcement because everybody can relate to these dogs so it's an awesome public relations uh connection that people can see and just admire what these animals can do i've been doing it for 17 years now and it just I love it. I'm amazed every time I see these dogs work. It's just awesome. You know, I um, we're speaking with canine officer Kyle Schaefer of the Hendricks County Sheriff's Department. The Canines Veterans Day, Saturday, March 11th, uh, this coming Saturday at Hotel Tango in Zionsville. Starts at 4 o'clock. You mentioned training. I had that awesome experience a couple of years ago. I think it was summer of 2020. My my kid was in Boy Scouts, and the Zionsville Canine Unit came out and gave us a, a demonstration of what these dogs are capable of, and it was just amazing. But he also, uh, the officer that did that, also said that training these animals is incredibly expensive. I mean, upwards of you know ten thousand dollars or more. A lot of money goes into training these, and uh, definitely a worthy cause to donate to that aspect. Yeah, I mean that's just the ten thousand, ten to fifteen thousand is just your initial cost. I mean, we wow. train, yeah, we train twice a month, you know, and these dogs want to work. I mean, they're not they're not your normal house pets that, you know, come in and sleep on the couch. And a lot of times these dogs are, you know, they're kept outside. They're, they are, you hate to say it, but they're a tool designed to keep us safe and keep other officers safe uh, and the general public safe. So you, you can't treat them as a pet, so to speak. So you literally got to get these dogs out and do some sort of work every day. And that includes on your days off. I mean, I work nights and I stay up all night and it's not unusual for me to be out at one, two o'clock in the morning running my dog uh, just to get him out. Cause they, I mean, they, they got to work. That's, that's what they're bred for. They, they have so much drive and energy that they just cannot sit around and do nothing like a, a normal pet. So they, you know, when they're out, you know, looking for bombs, looking for drugs, looking for people. I mean, to them, that's play. They they don't yeah. understand some of these situations are dangerous situations that we're putting them them in. Um, to them, it's it's their job. That's what they want to do. That's their game that they play. And hey, have and, you ever put on one of those big puffy protective suits and then no, had a had a dog lo- you know come after you during a, a training thing? I've always wanted to that. try that. <laughs> Come on out Saturday. I'll bring the suit. And, uh, <laughs> well, mission accomplished, we'll Nines. There you go. <laughs> You've done yeah, that before? Put, put your money where your mouth is now. <laughs> you, you've done that before? I, I have a feeling as much protection as you have on when, when you do that, you can still feel it pretty good. 
Oh, the pressure is enormous. Yeah, yeah imagine a, a suspect that doesn't have any protection. What, you, <laughs> what that guy's feeling uh, like? If you come up on Saturday, maybe I'll show you a video or two off. The <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I love watching the On Patrol show, officer. And again, I'm watching that every weekend. And anytime there's a canine involved, I'm rooting for the dog to get out of the car. I want to see the dog chase these scumbags down and do their thing, man. I'm rooting for it. Yeah, and it's amazing how how um you know the the suspects the criminals do an automatic 180 and just you know no 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 oh my god stop 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 you know, right they all of a sudden they're not so tough you know that's you know that's the advantage of these dogs you know you know yeah it's cool to send the dogs and it's neat to watch these dogs do what they do and you know take down a bad guy uh you know believe it or not though that's not their first and foremost job is to locate people and or drugs or bombs uh, if they can't find them, they can't do anything else to keep them safe. But you, you mentioned that, you know, you know, nine times out of ten, you bring the dog out and we're required to give announcements and let people know, hey, we're going to get the dog and it will bite you, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, nine times out of ten or 99 out of 100, they hear that or they yeah. hear the dog barking and they're like, nope. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they come yeah. sauntering out. They come right out with their hands. Right, up. right. You know, that, that's the great thing about them. That's, you know, what they're, that's what the dogs and the, the tools are designed for, to keep them safe. The bad guys safe to keep us safe to keep everybody safe, and man, if we can educate the public that you know these dogs just aren't out there biting willy nilly. That's not what we do with them. That's not their intention or anything. It's to, to keep everybody safe across the board, and that's the job that they do. So the Canine Association, if we can educate the public on what these dogs can do and how they do it, and overall, it's a win win for the general public, and law enforcement and all across the board. Well, the big event's coming up this Saturday up at Zionsville, Hotel Tango Distillery, Canine Veterans Day, 4 until 7 p.m. Public is invited. Come out, hang out, have some beers, meet some heroes, have a good time, raise a little cash. Canine Officer Kyle Schaefer, Hendricks County Sheriff's Department, thank you so much for joining us. Stay safe out there. Thank you, sir. You guys have a great day. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Hammer's right over there with the special guest of the DriveHubler.com hotline. One of the great follows on social media is a writer for OutKick. His name is Bobby Barak. He joins us right now. Bobby, let's get into a little COVID. And it feels like a lot of people have been talking about this for a long time, but it's becoming more and more mainstream right now that we were fed some fantastic lies about the origin of COVID and, of course, people trying to cover their tracks about the origin of COVID. You've put a couple articles out on OutKick. So tell me your thoughts on what we're seeing right now. First of all, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, so um, now over a week ago, we learned from the U.S. Energy Department, and the FBI also found the same conclusion that the virus, the pandemic, likely originated in Wuhan inside the lab. And I mean, for us, that isn't a bombshell. It was common sense, like I always said. Yeah. 
I find it hard to believe the coincidence that a lab that studies bat coronaviruses was not responsible for this novel bat coronavirus originating some 400 yards away from the lab. Um, but we were told for a long time, almost three years, by the media and experts and the science and politicians that no way is the Chinese government responsible for this. This is absolutely not a lab leak. And um, I mean, we know they lied about that. They lied about everything. And what got me thinking is, is that at some point, maybe five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, we're going to look back at the pandemic. And I always ask, well, what is going to be the headline? And to me, the headline is the war on information, the battle for the truth, the scarcity of facts that we've had in the public. I mean, guys, think of the average news viewer during the height of the pandemic, not the people who are online a lot or seeking out independent sources or on Substack or seeking out podcast hosts who are independent. Just the average drive-by news consumer. They were told that this virus originated from an animal, uh, pangolin to a bat to a human. They were told that mask would stop the spread, that the vaccine would prevent infection, that the booster would prevent infection, that plexiglass would protect them, that masking their children up in schools would be the safe route, that closing down their businesses and hunkering down from society was sane and sufficient. These were all lies. They were duped. COVID showed that the people who control the information, be it the media, politicians, experts, they're the ones who are deceiving the public, not the so-called conspiracy theorists and right-wing anti-science MAGA people who the press always belittle. And we found out recently that the former head of CNN, Jeff Zucker, he was telling his staff, encouraging them, do not talk even about the possibility of the lab leak theory, because that's something that can be tied to Donald Trump. And at that time at CNN, it's taboo for any of their news anchors and hosts to be talking about anything that came out of Donald Trump's mouth. Yeah, this is incredible. This is incredible. Um, Jeff Zucker pretty much told his journalists, hey, don't be journalists during the time of the global <laughs> pandemic. Don't lose curiosity. Don't be skeptical. We are in a global pandemic. Just parrot the talking points of your bosses, your government, your Dr. Fauci. And that's exactly what CNN did. I mean, I put some of the headlines up there pretty much saying anyone who dares to consider the lab leak is a conspiracy theorist, a racist, and all that. And, guys, unfortunately, it's not dissimilar to what the New York Times did. According to The Spectator, in August of 2021, a chief New York Times editor told his journalist, hey, don't even investigate the lab leaks here. You are not allowed to ponder that possibility unless you are going to dis diminish it. And that they did. Uh, I just find it absolutely revealing and hilarious and somewhat frightening that journalists from so-called credible outlets like the Times and CNN are not allowed to be journalists. We're speaking with Bobby Barak, a writer for OutKick. Bobby Nigel here. Um, and I do want to ask you about Fauci's role in yeah. some of this and, you know, the Eco Health Alliance and the NIH funding gain-of-function research. But you mentioned <laughs> – I forgot about the plexiglass uh, <laughs> aspect of some of these, these measures to mitigate COVID. That, for me, was probably one of the dumbest – uh, things I've seen, you know, actually hindering filtration and circulation. And I'm I wondering, looking back, what do you think some of the most inane, dumbest measures that we were told to take were 
um, you know, the CDC arbitrarily making up the the six foot social distancing rule. They had no idea what six or three or ten foot would be. I'm just wondering what you think was one of the more ridiculous um, things to come out of that. Oh, for me, it was, and this was at the behest of Fauci going to a restaurant or going to an airplane and putting your mask on in between bites if you're chewing on a <laughs> salad. After every bite, you got to put a mask on and take it off. I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> but, yeah, the plexiglass is hilarious. I remember going into a, uh, a party store and uh, paying for something, and I met the cashier up front. She's like, whoa, whoa, wait, I cannot accept that until I get behind my glass because <laughs> – that's part of company protocol. <laughs> this is all just hilarious. And guys, what bugs me the most about this, and I've written at this at length, never before has American society provided more content for satire. But shows like SNL don't want to make fun of this stuff because, I don't know, they're afraid they might get canceled. But I could go on for days writing about all the oddities of the pandemic. They're just so funny when you look back because – so many people showed how vulnerable they are for information, whether it be the glass, the six-foot rule, putting your mask on in between eating a cheeseburger. I mean, this was such an attack <laughs> on common sense. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the restaurant experience was when you walk in, you have to have a mask on. When you sit down, you can take it off because clearly the Rona yeah. doesn't know how to get down low. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole <laughs> restaurant experience. Uh, Bobby Barak with us from Outkick. Uh, one more thing media wise because those who follow you on social media know not only do you cover news related things but you cover the media really well we were talking about cnn and jeffrey zucker and the ridiculous things that he told his staff well he's not there anymore cnn can't blame jeffrey zucker anymore for their low ratings and when i say low ratings sweet mother of all that's pure bobby cnn is getting their ass absolutely handed to them yeah, um, I mean, decade lows, lows they haven't seen since the George Bush administration. A second one, that is, just to clarify, I don't want to hit them too hard. But yeah, CNN has no direction, no audience, no purpose. And um, like I've always said, the solution is what is so hard to find because I don't know what CNN offers to the marketplace right now. I mean, obviously, conservatives don't want to give them a chance. I mean, they have besmirched them and lied to them for five, six, seven years. They're not coming back. I mean, liberals, staunch liberals, they have other outlets to go to, whether it be MSNBC or, I don't know, read the Washington Post. Like, they're not watching CNN anymore. We saw that from reports. And the middle-of-the-road people, I think, find CNN boring and too goofy. I mean, you have guys like Jim Acosta on air and, like, that morning lady, uh, Brianna Kyler, who seems really angry for someone to make a lot of money for sitting in an air-conditioned studio. So I don't know what purpose CNN serves right now. I mean, for a while, they portrayed Trump as the boogeyman, and that worked okay during his White House era. But, like, right now, I find CNN just sort of distasteful, boring, and desperate. And based on the ratings, people agree. I mean, this is a network that can't even draw 600,000 viewers. There's cartoons at 3 p.m. beating CNN. Um, let me ask you, uh, okay, back to Fauci for just a second. Yeah. We learned that he commissioned this paper to refute the lab leak, very demonstrative uh, back in the day. Uh, no, 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 there was no lab leak. It was the pangolin. It was from a wet market. 
uh, very desperate to get that narrative pushed out there. And now we know from emails and this commission to paper to refute the lab leak, he had he had pretty good reason, possibly allegedly, to try to squash the lab leak theory, didn't he? Oh, of course. I mean, the gain of function research. I mean, when somebody eventually writes that book on it, Fauci really should be the central character. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll say I, at least the evidence points to this guy certainly having blood on his hands. What bothers me so much about this hack is that we have all these young adults collapsing and experience heart irregularities and. CBS asked them, like, hey, could this be related to the vaccine? He's like, how dare you? It's horrifying to even mention that possibility. I mean, this guy who has built a life around him, according to his words, the science, I mean, his sole job is to ask questions, show curiosity. He's done the exact opposite. He's trying to quash and suppress curiosity. I believe he's been hiding information from the very start which goes back to what we began this column with or this conversation with is this is proven to be a battle of information. And I think the people by and large are losing that because the handlers of the truth seem to be burying it or holding it back from the public eye. Bobby, have the lunatics of the left, and I'm talking about the extreme lunatics, the super woke culture, the over the top radicals, have they, almost poisoned their party because we keep hearing about this civil war with the republicans the maga group and the desantis people and cpac was a mess but you could look at the democrats and say the same thing because now you've got celebrities who are liberals like woody harrelson bill maher chris rock they're all speaking out against the lunacy of this super woke culture are you seeing this too yeah and um I, I harken back to an interview I did with uh, Megan Kelly when she first launched her podcast. I'll never forget this line. She's like, Bobby, th- this is not a left-right problem. This is a small subsection of the left that has become so annoying. We, we call them the woke. That like They're not mighty in size. They don't represent most of the country. What they do is they control forms of messaging, they're able to hijack perception because they have a stranglehold on the media, social media, um, for a while, entertainment, sports. So we're just now seeing people push back. What I believe what's going on is people never really bought into this sort of woke movement and cancel culture, but it seemed that way because that was what the forms of messaging said the country believed. Um, there was a study, I believe, by the post-millennial that said only like 8% of the electorate actually agree with what has come to define the woke, and that is like all these terms, like equity and anti-racist. So I think Chris Rock most notably said it last week, and Woody Harrelson and Bill Maher, they've realized that that progressive movement never ends, right? It keeps on progressing. It starts with a real issue, and once that real issue is solved, they have to keep on progressing. So what I believe has happened is entertainment entertainers are finally like, wait a minute, we've supported this long enough. This thing's never going to end. It started out in good faith, and now it's really just become insanity. I mean, you have people, you have books getting rewritten because they mentioned the word crazy because that's supposedly uh, <laughs> offensive to mentally ill people. Yeah. I mean, it's just gone way too far. I think Harrelson, Chris Rock, and Marr finally realized that. Bobby, where can we find more of your work? Oh, uh, yeah, Outkick.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and uh, whatever's coming up. Uh, hopefully, I come back on this show and your listeners can get to know me from here. 
Yeah, man, we would love that. Yeah, let's and do it again, man. Kyle tweets Absolutely. in, before we let you go, Bobby, Kyle tweets in about the ridiculous things with COVID. Let's not forget about the one-way stickers that were on the floor at Walmart <laughs> and grocery stores. We definitely have to add that to the list. Uh, Bobby, thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time. Appreciate it, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock so let's uh, give away these KISS tickets before we get started with some of the heavier news items in this segment, Hammer. Looking for Caller 9 right now, 239-9393 if you want to go see KISS at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, Saturday, November 25th, thanks to Live Nation. Be Caller 9, 239-9393, but we're going to make you work for it, right? we got a fun little game we're going to play, but you have to be Caller number 9 just to play the game. So, 239-9393. We'll take caller number nine here in just a moment. We've got Allison over here doing like a million things. So, just be patient. She'll get to caller number nine here in just a moment. But, Nigel, let's talk about what happened downtown last night. Somebody was killed, and the body was basically steps away from Lucas Oil Stadium. And nobody knows who did it. An arrest has not been made. At one point, the convention center had to be shut down as the police did a sweep through the convention center looking for the gunman. Well, you you read, you go to WIBC.com, and, you know, the statement from police says it didn't happen. The shooting didn't happen. Somebody was shot and killed, right? So, but it did not happen in the convention center, but... um, or did it happen inside of Lucas Oil Stadium? But they do have info that uh, leads them to believe that the suspect did go inside at some point to convention center. And that's why they shut it down, right? And this feels like this should be a big deal. Like, with all due respect to Will Ferrell, and I enjoy Will Ferrell's movies, I have heard more about Will Ferrell being at the Pacers game <laughs> last night than I have the fact that the convention center had to be shut down, locked in, and police had to swarm in looking for the gunmen. By the way, this was, this is I mean, there was a huge crowd downtown last night at the Pacers game. I know that Lucas Oil and Gamebridge aren't exactly in close proximity to each other, but I'm sure, I mean, this was probably around the time when the game was letting out and, and civilians and people were... Uh, walking around or driving out of the city. And when you look at what's transpiring in the city right now, the weather's been pretty decent. You had a high-profile Pacers game last night. You know, the Sixers, they've got some stars, so the joint was pretty packed. Uh, People going out to dinners and date nights and whatnot. At least five people shot, one stabbed, and three killed yesterday. yesterday. Not over the weekend. This was yesterday in Indianapolis. Three killed. One person right there, downtown, by the convention center, on basically the steps of Lucas Oil Stadium. So I talked about this with Rob when I jumped on with uh, Casey and Kendall earlier today. Where are the business leaders? Where are the city leaders who are outraged? Where's the, the anger? Because there needs to be some. Because whenever the state legislature talks about abortion, hot damn, my phone blows up. I've got people from Visit Indy texting me all hours of the night, and and they're right. And they're telling me, man, all these businesses, they're going to leave. They're going to cancel. Our phones are ringing off the hook. Conventions. These conventions, they don't want to come to Indianapolis because of what might happen with abortion. Well, how about we focus on the crime? 
because yeah. the convention center had to be locked last night while the police were looking for a gunman. And they never found said gunman. And somebody died right downtown near Lucas Oil Stadium. We're not talking about a back alley somewhere. We're talking about high-profile areas in Indianapolis. I was fighting with a group of losers when you were on vacation night on social media. <laughs> and they were trying to show me the numbers. Well, technically, downtown is one of the safest places to be. Rabble, rabble. And I'm trying to make these people understand, look at the crime that happens in the high-profile tourist areas here. You're not supposed to have any in these type of areas. Like when you go to Las Vegas, Las Vegas has crime, but very rarely does somebody get gunned down in cold blood in front of the Bellagio fountains. Here in Indianapolis, those three Dutch soldiers, two were shot and killed. The other one was wounded. This was in the bar district in front of the Hampton Inn. We had a big mass shooting take place in front of Steak and Shake a number of years ago. How about that woman, the Indy mother that was killed early um, in the summer of 2020 in the canal. Yes. When we hosted all of March Madness, one of the opposing team's broadcasters was assaulted walking on the canal. These are our high-profile tourist areas. Monument Circle, when Rob and I came down here that one Saturday night where certain members tried to tell us that nothing happened, but we saw 20 police cars in the circle blocked off. This is not supposed to happen in your tourist areas. But Joe Hawk said is allowing that to happen in Indianapolis. And unfortunately, it's not just here. Take a listen to this. I want to play you a soundbite. This is the chief of police in Washington, D.C. What we got to do, if we really want to see homicides go down, is keep bad guys with guns in jail. Because when they're in jail, they can't be in community shooting people. So when people talk about what we're going to do different or what we should do different, what we need to do different, that's the thing that we need to do different. We need to keep violent people in jail. Right now, the average homicide suspect, the average homicide suspect has been arrested 11 times prior to them committing a homicide. That is a problem. That is a problem. 11. Wow. Well, what a novel concept, keeping violent criminals in jail instead of slapping a GPS monitor on them and telling them to go about their business. So like, it's pretty common here in Indianapolis. This is embarrassing. And I want to hear some of these city leaders. Where are the leaders from Lily? Where are all the people that have businesses downtown going? Something needs to be done here. Yeah, I get it. Everybody gets their panties in a wad when we talk about abortion and legislation stuff. But when people are being shot in front of our hotels, people are being shot in front of our football stadiums, our convention centers are being locked. To me, this is a much bigger issue for the city leaders of Indianapolis to address, and I'm not hearing anything. So, Allison, we've got caller number nine standing by, right? Okay, so if we're going to do this, let's do this right. We're going to play a little game for these KISS tickets called Gene Simmons... Or Richard Simmons. I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> and now, time to play Gene Simmons. Hi, this is Gene Simmons, and I'm in a band that gets more chicks than you do. <laughs> I'm in Kiss, and you're not. Or Richard Simmons. Do you love Barbara Streisand? <laughs> <laughs> All right, caller number nine <laughs> was Vic. Vic, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. How are you doing, Vic? Hey, guys, how you doing? Man, we're doing good. So this is how the game's going to work. We're going to give you a fact about someone. It will either be a fact 
about Gene Simmons of Kiss or exercise icon Richard Simmons. You get three out of five correct. We're going to give you the tickets, okay? Sounds good to me. All right, here we go. Number one has a long tongue. (laughs) Gene Simmons or Richard Simmons? Uh, I'm definitely going with Gene on that one. Gene, all right. We're off and running. There's number one. Number two. It's like a mutant cow tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Executive producer of Sweatin' to the Oldies. Gene Simmons or Richard Simmons? Oh, one of my all-time favorites, Richard Simmons. (laughs) Yes, yes. Two down, one to go. Get this correct. We'll give you the tickets. Is married to softcore porn queen Shannon Tweed. Gene Simmons or Richard Simmons? Good old Gene Simmons. There we go. Congratulations, Vic. My man, Vic. By the way, this is Vic Ferrari from the chat. Just oh. wanted to say, uh, hey, guys. Okay, for YouTube chatter. Well, who is yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. Nigel doesn't look at the YouTube chat. I got you, Vic. I know who you are. I'm looking at yeah. the YouTube chat Oh, I didn't hear you say right YouTube now. chat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Vic Ferrari, like Mike Honcho. My <laughs> well, we got a Mike Honcho <laughs> reference in there. We got a Shannon Qu- Tweed reference in there. I feel like we got yeah. a lot accomplished here. Vic, hang on the line, and uh, Allison will take care of you, okay? Awesome. Thanks, guys. You got it. And thank you to Live Nation. Kiss. Gamebridge Fieldhouse, Saturday, November 25th. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. And Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hello, how are you? Here's Hammer, and how we play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by Big Nige. He will break down all the information, and he will give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? We start with this. Is this anything? Joe Rogan has been estranged from his dad since the 70s. Yeah. Over the years, Joe has called him psychotic and abusive, his father and sister have responded. Lied about me. Your father, tired of it, Joe. Just had enough. If you can't talk to me face to face, you're a punk ass. That's all you are. You got all the money, everything, but you know what you don't have? You don't have no heart. You ain't got two balls. 81 (laughs) years old. You couldn't handle this guy right here. You owe me a big apology. Joe, you were taken away at a very young age. Unfortunately, you did not get to grow up with the man that we were fortunate enough to grow up with, that my kids are fortunate enough to grow up with, because you will never know what you have missed out on in life. I have a box, Pandora's box, and if I open it, Joe, things would get really ugly, but see, we don't roll that way. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I know why Joe Rogan doesn't want to talk to his family anymore. I think I know why they're estranged. What his sister's like threatening him with blackmail, a Pandora's box. So alleging probably or, or basically saying I've got int- I've got info on you. I've got dirt. I've got dirt. I've got pictures. Give me a break. Yeah, I, I you know, and I like Joe Rogan. By the way, I think he's he's, he's a pretty prolific uh, podcaster. He's good at what he does. Got big guests and. 
That aside, ton, ton his UFC money. stuff is fun, man. Yeah. He's a bucket of energy. And, and I can definitely understand why. Like, I watched that video. They His dad included clips of Joe trash-talking him. And they were older clips, like kind of based on Joe's setup and his, his personal appearance. It seemed like they were older clips. But because I, I haven't really... I didn't don't know much about the relationship with him and his dad, and it's sad. Sad. His dad is pushing eighties. He's in his eighties, and you don't have a relationship with your successful son. Wouldn't you want to share that with him? But um, it doesn't sound like they uh, by the by this the, the sound and the looks of this video. I completely understand the uh, estrangement, if you will. Remember that scene in the movie Joe Dirt. Where he finally meets his parents and they have this ceramic clown business and the old man's got a greasy <laughs> mullet. Look at him, man. He's doing fine. <laughs> kind of got the same vibes right here yeah. from the Rogan parents. <laughs> Is this anything? This good reference. I would not have forgot about the, what, the ceramic clown business. Is yes. <laughs> when you're down, look at a clown. <laughs> That struck me as funny for some reason. I, I forgot about that. <laughs> is this anything? <laughs> a TikToker who asks uh -oh. random people to do a truth or dare got a teenager to call his dad and say he's thankful for him. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Truth or dare? Dare. I dare you to call your dad and tell him you're thankful for him. All right, I got you. What's going on? I just wanted to tell you I'm thankful for you. Why did you why are you doing that? Because you, you do a lot for me, and I never give anything in return. Well, you just made my day. Thank you for the call, man. Yeah. Well, I'll see you tonight. All love right. You. Love you. Bye. Bye. And Todd Rakita wants to get rid of TikTok with beautiful, <laughs> special, heartwarming content like that? Oh, so that's actually some positive things to come out of social media. That's, I mean, that's a, that's one out of eight million five hundred fifty-four thousand. Yeah, right. The guy, you know, pooping in a bucket in the alley and <laughs> and, and uh, waving hi to the the person filming him. That's that's more along the lines of what I think of TikTok, that kind of content. But um, are you like I'm an I love you guy. I'm an I love you dad. You know what I mean? And and I could tell my my son, especially getting older. And I'll say, you know, I'll put him to bed or he'll get into bed. I go, I love you, buddy. And he'll go, mm. <laughs> like I can tell he's getting to that point where it's starting to slip away a little bit, you know, and it's kind of sad. Right. But I never hesitate. My dad never hesitated to tell me that he loved me. And that was kind of heartwarming uh, to see that kind of content. Finally, some positive, something positive to come out of TikTok. Remember when I called my wife on this show and I told her that I loved her? Do you remember the response I got back in return? I, don't, I think she called you fat ass, didn't yes. she? <laughs> Shut up, fat ass, I believe was the uh, statement that <laughs> I received in return. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. All right, uh, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Just real quick, I wanted to read you this headline from the Associated Press about uh, the January 6th footage that was given to Tucker Carlson. He released uh, some of the footage last night. I don't know if it was all of it. Maybe there's more that we haven't seen. 
Said he's got more okay, tonight. He said he's got more tonight. Okay. And that's why Chuck Schumer was going, they should not let him speak tonight. They should not. Fox News should not let Tucker Carlson on TV tonight. I mean, the translation is there. Fox News should not allow, uh, uh, Fox News should not allow Tucker to destroy our January 6th narrative. But listen to this headline on the Associated Press. Fox News, Tucker Carlson is using thousands of hours of January 6th security footage released to him by the GOP to explain away the deadly capital attack linking the Republican Party ever more closely to pro-Trump conspiracy theories about the 2021 riot. Okay. I, I mean, deadly? Yeah, I'm sorry. The only person that died was a Trump supporter who Tucker Carlson referred to as a murder up close unarmed trump supporter ashley babbitt at the capitol and she was a veteran the only person that died as a result of anything that happened was was ashley babbitt a trump supporter nobody's throwing any um you know nobody's wearing the ashley babbitt's name on their back and the other folks that passed away that happened to be there january 6th they died the following days and there's no documentation anywhere that can prove that the stress or the chaos or the blunt force or whatever caused them any sort of death, right? But but you see how the Associated Press is trying to paint with a broad stroke the entire Republican Party being closely tied to Donald Trump and his quote-unquote conspiracy theories right. about the 2021 riot. No, what Tucker Carlson did and that footage that he has destroys narratives. It just destroys the January 6th committee's narrative. They never had, they had access to all this footage. They had access to the QAnon shaman being toured around the Capitol when he's in prison for multiple years now. Did his defense team have access to that footage? He looked more like a, a, a tourist and not a, a ter- terrorist trying to commit insurrection. It's these kind of the. It's just it's the, this kind of media bias. It drives me nuts, especially it's, it's, coming from CBS. CBS this morning, I literally thought whoever does their morning show was going to cry. I thought I was going to see grown ass oh man God. tears coming down. And again, this is the same group that said that what happened in every major city in America in 2020 was peaceful. But what happened on January 6th, we were this close to becoming some sort of third world country and democracy was going to be overran. And and more damage was done. More lives were lost during the 2020 Summer of Love social justice riots than anything coming close to the Capitol riots. I'll do you one better. Alec Baldwin has killed more people than anybody that stormed the Capitol that day. Alec Baldwin is responsible for more deaths than anybody that stormed into the Capitol that day. And Tucker Carlson has more video tonight. The other funny thing that I keep seeing on social media is that, well, Tucker Carlson, he's using edited, selected video. Yeah, it's selected because it wasn't shown in the January 6th committee. This was the stuff that is pretty important. The the select committee chose to purposely leave all the stuff out that he's pointing out. Right. They knew damn well that the senator from Missouri, Josh Hawley, wasn't the only one running to get out of there. The orders were for everybody to run and get out. There's a group of like 20 to 25 people running. Josh Hawley is like the last one getting out, but they made it look like he was scared for his life and that 
controversial police capital capital police officer that does all the interviews called Josh Hawley a witch or something that rhymes with it. So there's so much stuff, and I'm curious to see what they have tonight. Uh, speaking of witches or things that rhyme with it, uh, Kim Yo Jong. This is the sister of Fat Boy. K-Yo! The sister of Kim Jong-un warning the United States that you better not get squirrely because we will come at you. The influential sister of Fat Boy said that her country is ready to take, quote, quick, overwhelming action against the United States and South Korea if the United States does any more testing along their region. Yeah, they flew, I think the United States flew like a um, B-52 bomber uh, close to North Korea doing testing with the, in conjunction with South Korea, and it's pissing them off a little bit. So Stirring this woman is threatening people? But whatever. I mean, they've been doing that. That's nothing new. The Rock, your thoughts on Kim Yo Jong? Shut up, bitch! Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at, right? The words uh. of The Rock <laughs> should be played on every speaker, top of every mountain, in regards to Fat Boy's sister. Um, Joe uh, yeah. Biden about to reinstate Donald Trump's border policy on detentions again. Yeah. This is according to the New York Times. Uh, the Biden administration is considering reviving the practice of detaining migrant families who cross the border illegally. This is the same policy that Biden shut down over the past two years because he wanted a more humane way of doing things. And this is not a small thing either. So, I, I mean, this New York Times article goes on to say the move, you know, no final decision has been made, but it, it would be a stark reversal for President Biden, who came into office promising to adopt a more compassionate approach. So this thing that they're talking about right here, it's not a small change. It's, it's an end to catch and release. Those policies that Donald Trump uh, ended, the catch and release policies, he ended those. Joe Biden reinstated two years ago when he was elected, and now he's getting ready to pull back and reinstate those policies or, or, or in those policies again. So when I see the phrase detaining migrant families, is that fancy talk for kids in cages? Because I'm old enough to remember when, boy, yeah. Donald Trump was just the devil for putting migrant families in the detention center even though it was Joe Biden and Barack Obama who built the cages in the first oh, nah, place. Obama deported a crap load of illegals during his presidency. And this isn't the first. This is, I don't know what, what's gotten into Biden here. I think he knows the overwhelming uh, flow of fentanyl into the country is coming from the southern border. He talked about it uh, during the State of the Union address, although he didn't mention the southern border. He just talked about the fentanyl crisis. Well, it's your fault, your policies. Um, a little bit more from the New York Times. President Biden took office vowing to restore a humane approach to the border crisis after his predecessor, former Donald J. Trump, introducing a series of harsh immigration policies, including separation of migrant children from the parents. But as the Biden administration has struggled to coil a surge of migrants, that's about to change. And here's the translation. Um, it, it, you know, more rational control of the border. This, what Biden is doing is something we've been talking about for a long time. You have to disincentivize trafficking. You have to disincentivize 
people from illegally crossing to get to sanctuary cities with free health care and, and, you know, free driver, you know, being able to vote in elections. Um, so it's funny because this Times article, <laughs> this is my favorite part. Mr. Biden's tough new measures have infuriated advocates who say the president is breaking campaign promises and embracing a Trump-era approach to immigration. Well, you know why they're infuriated? It's because Trump's policies worked. Bingo. That's it. That's why they're infuriated. Biden knows it, and they know they have to do something, and nothing's happened yet, and this Times article says no decisions have been made, but... uh, We'll see. I mean, between this and Biden, we I, don't, I forget if we talked about this yesterday, but Biden has been siding with Republicans on blocking uh, Washington, D.C.'s criminal reform bill. I mean, this is shit, it sends Schumer and company into just a complete tailspin. You know, to go reverting back to Donald Trump era border policy. Having to admit something that the orange man did oh, yeah. was effective and worked. Interesting. Um, If you're looking for a reason to drink tonight, if you need a reason to tip one back, it's National Cereal Day today. (laughs) National Cereal Day. Honey, I'm getting drunk. It's National Cereal Day. Okay. Like, coming from you, though, I bet your wife, Lindsay, was probably like, all right. Like, every day she wakes up knowing you're going to say it's something else. Honey, it's National Flamingo Day. All right, I'll call an Uber. Um, (laughs) National Cereal Day. If I told you right now, you can only have one box of cereal for the rest of your life, Nigel, what is it? Mm. Um, Grams. Uh, Golden Grams? Golden Grams. Golden Grams are good. Golden Grams is probably it. I had an embarrassingly large bowl of Cocoa Krispies the other night. (laughs) Cocoa Krispies. You actually buy boxes of Cocoa Krispies? Yeah. It just yeah. seems like a, something that, that for the little kids that they would like. You know what I mean? Oh, man. The coupon lady had like a sale. We got it for free, okay. basically. Okay. So I poured that thing in the, the bowl, and it wasn't big enough. I had to get a bigger bowl, and two <laughs> servings in the box was done. <laughs> two servings. And the box was done? The box was done. Yeah, that's a little embarrassing. Or actually impressive. Thank Maybe you. Maybe impressive is a better word to use there. And now it's time for great moments in serial history <laughs> in the episode of The Simpsons where a child got sick trying Krusty the Clown cereal. What about that little boy who got appendicitis from eating your cereal? To prove that this is harmless, I will personally eat one. See, there's nothing. God! Oh, yeah! Oh, boy! This thing is shredding my insides! And a little nugget from my childhood here. Oh, boy. Do you remember Mr. T cereal? Sure, of course. That's what uh, Pee-wee was eating, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. We all remember Pee-wee, but do you remember the god-awful TV commercial for it? I'm trying to think. The guy singing the jingle sounds like me doing a Hammer and Nigel Records. (laughs) Like, you can tell he's not qualified to do this. (laughs) And, listen closely, you can tell they've only paid Mr. T to say two words, and they just play the same audio over and over. Teaming up with Mr. T, cereal, getting on the team, the team that knows how cool breakfast can be. You get a crispy corn taste with a touch of brown sugar. Teaming up with Mr. T, it's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T, golden sweet crispy teas. One bite and you're gonna be eaten with the team that's teaming up with Mr. T, it's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T.
it's cool. <laughs> and you know, Mr. T looked at them. I'm only saying it one time. <laughs> I pity the fool who made me say it twice. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. And by the way, I, I don't know who won yesterday's matchup. I haven't checked. Purposely wanted to be surprised. Well, I have no idea. Let's check the totals. Now, for those of you joining us, every day we take two clips of Joe Biden. We play them head to head. You vote on Twitter for the most ridiculous one you want to advance in our tournament. Yesterday, we had the number 11 seed where Joe Biden says the best way to stay safe in a hurricane is to get vaxxed. Let me be clear. (laughs) If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Uh, Mr. President, I don't have a roof. I'm up to uh, my crank in ocean water. What do you suggest? Yeah. Uh, Did you get the jab? <laughs> you should be number, fine. You're going to be okay if you get that vaccine. That was the 11 seed against the number six seed where Joe Biden was giving a well thought out and concise speech trying to fire up his base. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. <laughs> Let me guess. Can I guess before you give us the results? Sure. Uh, number uh, that uh, true international depression. It was a blowout. Was it? But yeah. the winner was true international effort to pressure. 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 So it will move on in the tournament, which brings us to today's matchup. Now they say in March Madness every year a twelve upsets a five. We've got a twelve against a five oh boy. here today. All right. Now the twelve seed is new. This is something that just happened yesterday, but it's in the field. Joe Biden speaking at the International Association of Firefighters, talking about an aneurysm that he once had. And I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a uh, anyway, they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. Quote, they had to take the top of my head off a couple times to see if I had a brain. Uh, you know why the, Why that clip is very strong? It is not only the line you just repeated, but the, uh, anyway. We got an anyway. We got an anyway. Can, can we hear that one more time, yeah. Allison, the 12 and scene? I had uh, these terrible headaches, was diagnosed with having a, a uh, anyway, <laughs> they had to take the top of my head off a couple times, <laughs> see if I had a brain. <laughs> Nope, no brain. Okay, so that's the 12 All seed. Right, 12 seed, and that just happened. Taking on the number five seed, where Joe Biden was trying to be a tough guy. Now, the line in question is, get ready, pal. You're going to be in for a problem. Get ready, pal. You're going to be in for a problem. <laughs> Again, it's supposed to be, get ready, pal. Pal, P-A-L, you're going to be in for a problem. Get ready, pal. You're going to be in for a problem. That's one of those. I mean, that's got to win easily. I mean, that one, the 12 seed's pretty strong, but get ready. I mean, that's one of my favorites. We repeat it to each other behind the scenes all the time. (laughs) Get ready, pal, with a hard B. (laughs) 
I mean, that's something, again, I mutter to myself as I'm shuffling around the house late at night. Get ready, Bal. You're going for a problem. Get my <laughs> wife. Get ready, Bal. You're my wife in for a and problem. like I'll use it like I'll use that line for my wife sometimes like <laughs> like for if we're arguing or I'll say I'll say welcome to the party pal <laughs> and she just a, looks at you <laughs> yeah which is a line in Die Hard right welcome right. to the party pal but we've replaced it with bal it's just it's it's never ending so it's now up on Twitter voting is live at Hammer and Nigel. Follow us, like us, love us, and vote right now. We're going to pin it to the top. Biden Madness, the number 12 seed, the number 5 seed. Vote now at Hammer and Nigel. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Let's be clear from the moment that the train derailed in East Palestine, Ohio, with all the toxic chemicals. And then the, whatever, the control burn and letting them out into the atmosphere has been a, a complete disaster for the Biden administration, the, the lack of response. Pete Buttigieg even said as much, a transportation secretary, he's even said, yeah, I probably should have handled a little bit differently. <laughs> Coming weeks later, the day after Donald Trump was the hero and came there, dweeb Buttigieg in his <laughs> hard hat and his safety goggles and his neon safety jacket is there looking, you know. Like if one of the village people in Dark Helmet had a kid. <laughs> That's what he looked like so, right there. So so now we, we fast forward to East Palestine and the EPA shipping toxic waste to Indiana. And that was a disaster. There was no communication. Nobody told Holcomb. He heard it third hand that this waste was coming here uh, to, uh, where was it at? Putnam County. County. Yeah, Putnam County. And like, wait a minute. What about the, uh, what about the dioxins? What about, I mean, that's the worst of the worst. I mean, are we going to test this stuff? Can the place, can the facility that it's going to in Indiana um, hold this stuff properly? Will the EPA transport it properly? There's so many questions. Right. So many questions. And now we're looking at this news that the EPA has paused shipments of any more material from the uh, train spill to Indiana. Well, that's good, except for the fact that three train loads full of it have already been brought to Indiana and stored at the Heritage Environmental Storage Facility in Putnam County. Now, again, this is not a knock of the Heritage Environmental Storage Facility. They said they can handle it. They said they can handle it. I'm sure they do great work. But there has to be better communication. And if you haven't tested for the dioxins, that's a problem. Especially if you're going to be shipping this from the eastern part of Ohio to the western part of Indiana. And let's be honest, since the first time this happened here, there's been another derailment of trains from the fine folks at Norfolk. So I get why the governor's a little ticked off here, but now it sounds like there's been a pause. So it's good news, bad news. More isn't coming, but the bad news is there's already three train loads of it already put into storage here. So we'll find out what happens. So is Biden going to the East Palestine or not? I thought he said he was. I'm not even sure Biden knows what happened. (laughs) Like, I don't think he knows that this thing happened. He doesn't know what a train is. All he knows is that when Matlock comes on, he better have his pudding ready. He's probably That's it. He, every time he hears he's Palestinian, he's thinking of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Right. That's what he's thinking about. Well, no, why would I go to Israel? I'm not going over there. 
So Biden said last week that he does intend to go to East Palestine. Uh, okay. But now the White House is saying, yeah, the old man doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> the uh, White House is now not exactly saying why they're not on the same page with the president. As you mentioned, the president said last week he does intend to go to East Palestine. But the White House is now saying that there are no plans on the books. There's no urgency in getting this, this plan on the book. Even after increasing pressure over the last month from Republicans and Democrats, uh, both on the state and the federal level, uh, even from community members of East Palestine, uh, the White House uh, now really not explaining why they're on separate pages. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad look. The optics are horrible. Uh, it, it should have taken place weeks, you know, days into what, whenever this happened a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, and it's just like I think it was Manchin that was criticizing Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden saying, yeah, confidence. You instill confidence in your job and the people that live in East Palestine by physically showing up and doing your job. And that hasn't happened. Now, this past weekend, I think the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg felt bad about his lack of response. So he decided to put the glasses back on, the hard hat, the vest, the <laughs> oh, work boots. Really? And he showed up in East Palestine unannounced, helping out with first responders. Okay. I'm just kidding. He showed up with Hillary. Please join me in welcoming my good friend, uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He did an onstage event with Hillary Clinton. <laughs> In East Palestine? No, not in East Palestine. No, no, no. So happy to see you. Happy to, so happy to see you. Same here. Yeah. So hang out in the swamp with Hillary or go help the people in East Palestine. And he chose hanging out with Pantsuit Pat. I don't think anybody there really had any interest in him being there in the first place. You already had Trump there and, and that's all they needed. And they didn't want to go there because it's Trump country. It's, it's, re, it's a red area. But if he would have went there the first or second day, like the minute that happens, sure. and he announces, hey, this is a disaster in the transportation industry. I'm the transportation secretary. I'm going to get on a flight, and I'll be there tomorrow or maybe the next day, but I'm coming for help. I think that would have made people in East Palestine feel a little bit better, even though they probably are predominantly Trump supporters. That's what we've heard about this area. It would have been comforting knowing that your transportation secretary is taking it seriously. the president. Again, optics matter. Physically being there matters. And instills confidence in your in the citizens. Imagine giving these people the finger and then showing up on stage with Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, Allison, hit me with some vaccine stuff. Pharmacies. <laughs> Antibodies, Woo! side effects, Woo! vaccine stuff. So, so you're seeing this happening, um, happening in Europe. You're seeing this happening now in Canada. Even Canada now not recommending COVID vaccines for most people. Uh, this is this has already happened in Europe. Basically, they are downplaying the need. And in some cases, in some countries, they have restricted the availability of COVID vaccines for people who are not at risk for severe disease, severe cases of COVID. So hold on. Let me make sure I've got this right. Canada 
where Justin Trudeau is in charge. The same man that, if given the opportunity, would have nuked the truckers that were having protests about COVID restrictions. They have even said, yeah, we understand this whole vaccine thing kind of sucks. Adults 80 years of age or older. Wow. Adults 65 to 70 years of age, particularly if they do not have a known history of COVID infection. And, of course, adults, residents uh, living in long-term care homes with comorbidities. That's who they restrict. In Europe, they're restricting it for people uh, of certain ages. You can't get it in some countries. Now, you think about that juxtaposed with the CDC here in the United States. Not only do they recommend everybody get the vaccine and all the boosters, uh, but every single American six months of age or older, they're pushing on it. Six months. We just had the story the other day of San Francisco, right? Now, San Francisco, their COVID restrictions technically ended, but the COVIDians are freaking out so much, they don't know what else to do, so they're getting ready to pass even more mask mandates. I, I have a feeling there's an entire generation of future parents who look at the incompetency of the CDC and have made a judgment about all vaccines, not just worthless COVID vaccines, but the legit and life-saving vaccines for the kids. They've made the judgment that they don't want to do it. And that's devastating. That's the real harm that the CDC has done. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel show. Hello. Jason Hammer's here. I am here. My name is Nigel. Remember that story we had yesterday, that crazy story about how Ford Motor Company is working on creating vehicles that would allow drivers to actually go to sleep while driving on the highway. Oh, we heard from the CEO yesterday. He was all fired up. He was. He can't wait to go to sleep in a car. It just it doesn't seem like a good idea to me. <laughs> Everything I've learned about driving, and by the way, the Tesla already has this function, but it's weird. There's like a workaround with Tesla. Like we've seen footage of people asleep in Teslas as they're going down the road because they have technology that doesn't let you do that. Like you can't just sit there for an hour straight with your hands off the wheel on a Tesla, right? You have to, they have to, I don't even, I don't know if you have to touch the wheel or they have to feel some vibrating or something. Some sort of motion detection. Yes, exactly. And they've, people know how to rig that so it doesn't work either. But to actually make a car for the purposes of going to sleep on your way to work or on a road trip is absolutely insane to me. What have we always learned growing up driving? Like, one, pay attention. Two, don't look at your phone. Don't be drunk. And I can't stress this enough. Don't go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen to this. Ford has actually filed for a patent that describes a system where a bank could remotely disable your car if the person that's leasing the vehicle 
hasn't kept up with the payments? Did oh, you hear about this? So if you start lacking in your payments, instead of them calling you or knocking on your door yeah. or wanting their money, they'll just turn off your car. Which is kind of creepy. It's kind of dystopian to me in some respects. And we here at the Hammer and Nigel show came up with a little uh, uh, tribute from Hammer and Nigel Records. I'm in my car <laughs> and it's driving itself to the bank parking lot and I have no control of my car. <laughs> Can't pay my bills because I lost my job and now it appears I no longer own this car. Well, Gary Newman tribute. So now that now Ford, in fairness, says it doesn't plan on deploying this technology. They just file a lot of patents. How long would it take you to trust this technology? Like you mentioned road trip earlier, because I was talking with my family about this last night. We were recapping what we did on the show today, and we brought that story up. Like in theory, it would be awesome to get in your car at like midnight. Just take a bunch of Z-Quil, go to sleep, wake up, and you're at Myrtle Beach. Right? That would be amazing. Right. But could you trust it? How long would it take you to trust that technology? Here's here's the thing. I'm not just talking about cars, either. Because my dad had a Tesla at one point. He said that technology is amazing. But... Like these smart air conditioners and these smart refrigerators, you don't want something that the company could get into. Like you know, in California, you, you buy a smart air conditioner, and then a company says, "Hey, we're not letting you go past seventy-five degrees in the summer, and there's no way around it." It's that's scary stuff. Because you that's, signed off on yeah. it, though. That's the way that it works. That that small print that everybody takes for granted. Oh, sure, I'll take a discount on my smart air conditioner. Right, but then. If there's a heat wave, there's rolling blackouts, and you're screwed. A new study shows that more than half of people are scared of clowns. I've never been scared of clowns. Uh, have you seen the movie It? Well, I've seen yeah. Joe Biden. <laughs> so, a new study shows that more than half of the people are scared of Joe Biden. <laughs> now, that's a study I can believe. Some of the scientific reasons people have this fear, just mainly negative portrayals of clowns in pop culture and movies. Clown makeup is hiding the person's real emotions, and it's like unpredictable behavior makes people uncomfortable. Basically, you know, demonizing and making the clown evil in movies. I think that's really why people don't like clowns, is like movies like It. Right. Or Devil's Rejects. What's the matter, kid? You don't like clowns? What's the matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? (laughs) And I would think, too, that John Wayne Gacy probably had a little bit of something to do with that as well. Like, there have been some creepy portrayals of clowns. I get it, but I've never been scared of clowns. I'm more scared of Joe Biden than I am of Bozo. (laughs) Let me make that perfectly clear. Um, Every once in a while, you'll see on social media, something that happened like a year or two ago starts to trend again. Like, a whole new audience starts to see it. And I don't know if it's because of the movie Cocaine Bear that's out or what, but there's a video going viral again. Now, this is from a couple of years ago. It's a guy, and I think he's living in California, and he looks outside in his driveway, and there's a bear. There's a black bear Jeez. trying to get inside of his car. So he happens to have one of those little dodgeballs. You know, the little red ones we used to play with as sure, kids in yeah. gym class? Oh, you sent me this last night. He picks up the dodgeball, <laughs> and I want you to listen to this clip here. He fires a heater at this bear. Oh, oh! Get out! Go! 
Go. Get out of here. And he runs away. Right. I'd never seen that. I didn't know it was a couple years old. Now, I've isolated the clip of where the guy grabs the ball. You can hear like the wind behind the throw and then the ball hitting the bear in a stupid bear face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I mean, that's, that's a bullseye right there. Right. Which brings us to Here we go. Great moments in shooing away <laughs> bears history. This was the woman that tried to scare the black bear away from her yard. Oh no. No food for you. No food for you, bear. Bear, no. Bear. Bear. No. Go. Thank you. Go, baby. Go. Oh my lord. Bear. Go, go, go. <laughs> no. Get 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 going. Get Get going. Get going. Like, Go. I don't know what it is with these people. They just be, must live in an area where this is a common thing and they're used to bears, animals that could just maul you and eat your innards <laughs> while you're still living. But these people just seem to be, hey, get out of here or, or pick up a plastic or a rubber dodgeball and throw it at the. I'd be screaming in sheer terror. Right. Can you I imagine saw... taking your trash out tonight and you come around the corner to put your trash in the big no. container and there's a bear? No. <laughs> My worst nightmare. Uh, this is a guy who's trying to use his dad voice to scare the bear away. Hey. No, don't do that. <laughs> He's laughing. Hey. Come on, man. No, no, don't do that. That's like me yelling at my kid when they were three years old, getting into the garbage. That's exactly what it sounded like. This guy's yelling at a thing that could just eat him alive. No, don't do that. Hey, hey, Connor, don't do that. <laughs> Connor. Hey, hey, come on, man. No, no, don't do that. It's crazy, though. Like, if you're from Tennessee or if you're from California, you're probably it just is. thinking, eh, yeah. it's a bear. But around here, if you see a bear, I'm grabbing yeah. a gun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Tony! Hey, Tony! Hey. Pretty boy, Tony. It's Tuesday with Tony Cass on The Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, don't want to keep Tony waiting. Looking up live with Tony Katz. TK, how are you, my friend? Yo, baby, what are you doing? So, I uh, want to get your thoughts and reaction uh, and your experience at CPAC here in just a few minutes. Let's start uh, with the um, Tucker Carlson January 6th footage. Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker, gives Tucker all this unseen footage. He goes through it, aired it all last night. Pe- people's heads are spinning. Chuck Schumer said Tucker's uh, synopsis was, um, I forget what he said, shameful. One of the most shameful moments in television, I'm paraphrasing. Just your initial thoughts and reactions uh, of this new footage that we had never seen before. Um, I think that it allows you to ask questions. And I think that's the part that Chuck Schumer and the political left hate the most. I do not question whether or not there was violence on January 6th. There was violence on January 6th. It would be foolhardy 
to say that there was. It would be a lie to say that there wasn't. And if 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 Tucker Carlson was saying there was no violence on January 6th, oh, I didn't catch the show last night, I've only seen the videos that were released, he'd be wrong. He would be wrong. I would say he was wrong. I would tell him to his face he was wrong. Of course he's wrong. Of course there was violence on January 6th. But he didn't say The it. question, oh, no, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm saying I didn't see it. I'm saying if he said X, I would do Y. Yes. There's no need to defend him yeah. on any, any, any of this. I'm not saying the man did anything wrong. What I would say is that if you believe that you're not allowed to see a video that might force you to ask a question about, wait a second, that wasn't violent. Wait a second, that wasn't violent. Were there a lot of things happening here? If you're opposed to seeing those videos, then you're the problem. And right now we should admit that Chuck Schumer is 1,000%. 1,000% the problem. He's the issue. He doesn't want you to be able to see that there, maybe there's some nuance. That the entirety of the January 6th committee yes. was absolutely lying to America. They showed what they wanted to show, not the totality of what was, and they aren't in any way discussing the failures of the Capitol Police or of the Speaker of the House or of the Sergeant-at-Arms. And the question we should be asking is why? More information is always better, and Chuck Schumer in the well of the Senate was begging for less information. I don't know what you do with a guy like that. Tony, you and I have talked about this before. I went into last night thinking, there's nothing Tucker's going to show me that's going to change my mind. I already thought the January 6th committee was a sham, and I still feel like the January 6th committee was a sham, but what I did like last night, and I watched the whole thing, was the way Tucker broke it down video by video, frame by frame, and it took away so many narratives, like the Josh Hawley running for his life uh, narrative, the one representative that was allegedly giving recon tours the day before. The way that he did it last night just took so much wind out of the sails of the political left that today you're seeing damage control, whether it's Chuck Schumer, whether it's CBS News, MSNBC. You're seeing it all over the place. Uh, I I agree that the video did exactly that. Better help people understand with context what it is we've seen. But allow me to, to make sure we're setting the table properly here. If we have learned anything from the late, great Andrew Breitbart, if you do this properly, the videos we're seeing are not the entree. They're the appetizer. I describe them as the potato skins. Mm. of the videos, <laughs> and we are while. soon going to get to the Hawaiian steak that is <laughs> that is soon to be coming. I mean, if you're dropping them right, you're not dropping the, the greatest stuff first. You're dropping some things. You're, you're going to let this build. That's what I would be doing. And what cracks me up is just today, again, barely, you know, 18, 19 hours removed from when Tucker aired these things, you've got CBS. They're in just panic mode this morning. And the reason I bring up CBS is because on their morning show today, they made it perfectly clear that the majority of the people at the Capitol were not peaceful. The majority of the people were rioting and were angry. But this is also the same CBS where Nora O'Donnell sat there with that stupid grin on her face (laughs) and said that the riots of 2020 were mostly peaceful, despite $2 billion worth of damage. 
You, you, you noting that these people are ridiculous, shameful liars is good and important, and I would advise you to, to keep on doing just that. Uh, but they have no decency. They have no shame. They have no willingness. Uh, we have to rely on the rest of America. What you Go back to Chuck Schumer. One of the things, if you ca- caught Chuck Schumer's talk, was, hey, Fox News, don't let Tucker Carlson do this again. <laughs> A member of the U.S. Senate lecturing to the free press about what they should and shouldn't air, and we're supposed to think that that's normal? We're supposed to think that these are the people we have faith in and we should trust? That's mental. Pure, that's insanity. And I, uh, the more you hear Chuck Schumer be upset, the more you know you shouldn't have faith in what Chuck Schumer is saying. But, but Tony, according to that clip you played earlier, I heard you play. Who was it? Ken Burns? What did he say? Something about uh, the you know Tucker airing this footage is a threat to democracy. Yes, it's, uh, all, well, it's always a threat to democracy, isn't it? That's always um, the go-to line. Ken Burns, a documentarian on CNN. Yeah. In order to have this conversation, he went to go see Don Lemon and Poppy Harlow. <laughs> Um, and right now, I, I believe I've received uh, four muffin baskets thanking me for sharing the information because now people actually heard it. <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to see it, did it really fall? And if it happens on Don Lemon's show, did anybody really see it? Uh, Tuesdays with Tony. Tony Katz with us. Uh, take me to CPAC. We've been talking about CPAC. You were there, uh, thanks to our friends at Relay Indiana. And it felt felt like this was the Jeb Bush CPAC. This was low-energy CPAC. There's low-energy Jeb, and there's low-energy CPAC. Take me through with your experiences. So, it, it, the, the low-energy part came from the fact that it was a very, very poorly attended CPAC, which could be for a whole host of reasons. Um, it could be that it, it, was, it was after a midterm and there weren't enough uh, candidates there, so people didn't want to show up. It could be because they're charging too much money for the event. It could be because Matt Schlapp, uh, there are allegations of him and sexual impropriety groping a man, and, and while the people I know on the inside who are saying, yeah, that didn't happen, and we know about this guy, and et cetera, and I'll, I'll let them do the outing of that. Um, I, I have a tendency to believe them, although I'm willing to accept any information someone puts in front of me, or at least I'll, I'll look at it. There hasn't been much pushback to that story, and it could have led to things. Then, of course, there's the Fox News component, which is because Fox is so written off Trump, and the ACU, the American Conservative Union, which puts on CPAC, is so connected to Trump, they didn't advertise the thing. They didn't push the thing. There was no Fox News uh, connection to CPAC at all. They were not there, so that could have cost them a lot of ticket sales. And then there's Turning Point USA, which gets a much younger crowd. They had their event in December. Competition, absolutely true. And they draw thousands and thousands of kids, and they've got better music and better entertainment, and the the girls are hotter. So, (laughs) I mean, all of a sudden, we're not into real life. Of course, that matters. Are you going to have a good time or not? And so all of that could have played in to this. Were you able to stay stay for Trump's speech, or were you out of there? 
No, I was still in town for Trump's speech, although I was not in the room for Trump's speech. I knew quite a few people who were. And even those people who are much more in a DeSantis place, and by the way, there was no mention of Ron DeSantis. There was there were no shirts, yeah. no hats, no swag, nothing. Uh, even those people, though, who are like, you know what, I've seen Trump. I- I'll move on now. Uh, they were very, very impressed with Trump's speech. Uh, they thought that he was uh, as policy-heavy as they've ever seen him before, and they liked it. They liked it a lot. Real quick, one more thing before we let you go, Tony. I had to get out of the car. I missed your part um, this morning on your show when you were talking about Chris Rock and his Netflix special. I wonder, you know, how you thought it ended. What did you think of that ending? And you know, something about white people, then the mic drop moment. Just your overall impression of uh, that Chris Rock uh, special. So he ended the the special talking about the Will Smith slap. Did Chris Rock? And uh, why didn't he hit Will Smith back? Why didn't he do anything back? And he said, because I was raised, because I have parents. And what did my parents teach me? Don't fight in front of white people. And that's not, some people took that as a racial line, not me. It's about you don't air your dirty laundry in public. You got a problem with somebody, you go up to them directly. When I see Republicans and conservatives fighting conservatives in front of the CNN cameras, I'm like, this is dumb. And when you go back to, to, to the Corleones and the Godfather <laughs> and Don Corleone chastising Sonny for questioning uh, whether or not they should get into this deal with drugs, don't let anybody outside the family know what you're thinking. That's what Chris Rock was talking about right there. And absolutely, I'm willing to bet you all the money in the world, there's many a black parent who said, don't fight in front of white people. They already have this vision of you. They already think of you this way. Don't give them anything to work with. Absolutely, it got said that way. But the larger meaning is what matters. What is coming up on your big shows tomorrow, Tony? Uh, Anybody going to notice that Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, said, oh yeah, these interest rates, they're here to stay. They're here to stay. Um, Suck it, bitches. And so, um, and then the market fell like like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of points. I don't know. I don't even want to know it's that right. You know where it ended. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. He's on social media at Tony Katz, Facebook Tony Katz Radio. TK, thank you. Always. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Nigel show. Hello, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. An entire hour of the Hammer and Nigel show coming up. If you missed any of the uh, the new January 6th footage that was released and uh, what we can glean from the new footage and exactly why the left and the January 6th committee didn't want us to see some of this footage uh, coverage for you coming up after 6 o'clock. Big news out of the Big Ten earlier. Uh, Produce Zach Eady the big man. He was named Conference Player of the Year and a unanimous selection for first team All-Big Ten. So congratulations to the big guy. And for you IU fans, Trace Jackson Davis, unanimous selection for All-Big Ten first team. So good year for college basketball. I hate that the city of Indianapolis is not hosting the Big Ten tournament this week, but congratulations to those kids. They're not hosting any of the games uh, for the tournament. We don't want to get a like a regional uh, a couple regional spots do we nothing no men's big 10 yeah. tournament we didn't get the women's big 10 tournament and it really stinks because this is the year where iu and purdue are both good in men's and women's basketball yeah. like all the programs are pretty good so that's kind of a bummer the city missed out on that revenue um switching from basketball 
to baseball. Spring training happening right now at a lot of uh, places in the country. And Major League Baseball, they put in some major rules changes this year. They've got a pitch clock. Have you seen this? Is this the biggest one that they've done? Is this like the most significant rule change? Yes. Because I didn't know. I went to the Indians game last summer, and they, they've been doing the pitch clock for a while now, I would assume, in the, in the minors. Right. But this, how long, do you like it? I don't because, man, I'm a baseball fan, though. I'm not like your casual fan. I'm a hardcore baseball guy. I love the strategy. I think if the pitcher wants to step off the mound and throw to first base and take his time, I'm fine with that. I love the mind games, but maybe I'm in the minority. Uh, So, baseball has put in a pitch clock to try to speed the game up. And we started thinking here at the Hammer and Nigel show, what if the Major League Baseball pitch clock worked in real life? type of situations. Sick and tired of people wasting your time? Well, Major League Baseball knows how to speed things up. Introducing the real-life pitch clock. It's an app on your phone that shows anyone you're talking to how much time they have left. Like your wife's boring stories. You remember Barb? So, I was talking to Show Barb the pitch clock. And Barb said, let's have dinner. Time's up. Have a long-winded friend? So, the factory I work in has a multi-year plan for it. Yeah, so long story short, I think I'll stay there. Oh, just got it in. And what about sex? Uh, no pitch clock needed, Speedy. The new oh, real-life pitch clock. Come on. Inspired by Major League Baseball. <laughs> now you're in the game. 